least in our English language, two-thirds of the word God is go. And that is the heart of the Father. And really tonight I want to talk about the Father's heart and how he looks at precious fruit of the earth. We had so many people here yesterday on this campus. There were over 600 folks between the adults and the children that came and were touched by the love of God. We were God's hand extended. We were going to the nations of the earth. Just here yesterday, all the different nations that were represented, all the people from different walks. I mean, right here in this room, we have people from all around the world. And sometimes when people come to an event like we had yesterday and we passed out these wonderful backpacks, the world may look at these people as unimportant, insignificant. He might, people may say things, you know, about, them. Oh, well, they're just the underprivileged, but God has another name for them. And his name for anyone who doesn't know him is precious. The precious fruit of the earth. And as a church, I believe that we need to get stirred up even more in our hearts. I know me individually, I'm just asking the Holy Spirit to stir me on the inside, to stir me for the lost once again. As a matter of fact, starting probably next Sunday or the Sunday after, the whole month of September, on Sunday night, we're going to call it the School of Prayer. And we're going to be teaching on prayer, but we're going to do like our spiritual father always said. We're going to pray by precept and by example. And we're going to spend some time praying for, of course, your needs and your family, but we're going to spend some time praying for the lost. It is time for the precious fruit of the earth to be reaped. Hallelujah. That's why God's sending people like Tony and Alex to the nations of the earth. But you, you might not ever go to Paris. You might not ever go to Brazil, but you can go to your neighborhood just like we did yesterday. A lot of those folks were right from Hayward. We were going to our community and that's still going and that's still fulfilling the great commission. Amen. And that is what we are called to do. So I've got just a a simple little word tonight, familiar passages of scripture, but I'm asking you to listen with your ears, listen with the ears of your heart and see what the spirit of God would say to you. Maybe he's going to stir something on the inside of you of how You can be a greater blessing. How you can reach out to somebody with the love of Jesus. Aren't you glad that he loved us? Aren't you glad that you're born again? Aren't you glad that somebody prayed for you? Well, that's what we are called to do. This is the heart of the Father. 2 Peter chapter 3 verse 9. And I want to look at that in the Amplified Version. The Lord does not delay and is not tardy or slow about what he promises. I think we ought to stop right there and say, thank God. I think that's good to know right there that the Lord does not delay about what he promises. 
We all know that the Bible talks about when we sow, we will reap if we faint not, that there is a due season. And in the natural, many times, the due season is a lot later than we'd like for it to be. Sometimes we think, God, you're being a little bit slow here. I'd like for this to happen yesterday. But this says the Lord does not delay. He's not slow about what he promises. He's always on time. Our God is an on time God. If we will take his word and believe him and stand upon it and use our faith, the manifestation that we desire will happen on time. Amen. Then it goes on and it says, according to some people's conception of slowness, but he is Let's read that part together. What is he? He's long suffering. He's extraordinarily patient toward you. That's a good place to shout right there too. Not desiring, not desiring. This is where we're going. He's not desiring that any should perish. He's not desiring that how many should perish. He doesn't want one person to die and go to hell. The precious blood that Jesus shed was enough. It was enough to redeem mankind. His blood that was spilled out for all mankind was enough for everybody to be born again. And that's the heart of the Father. He is not willing that any should perish. His hope, his desire is that all should turn and repent. That all should come unto the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Sometimes we look at people. I'm sure you've had opportunity in Europe to look at people and they, ah, their heart is so hard. They're atheist. They're going to hell. They'll never turn. But God never gives up on people. There's not a case too hard. There's not a pit too deep that the love of God can't shine in. There's not a person that's surrounded by a difficult circumstance that the power of God can't break every chain. I love that song we sang tonight. There is power in the name of Jesus to break every chain. Break every chain. There's nobody that's too bound that the power of the Lord Jesus Christ can't break that chain. The anointing that you and I as born again believers have the privilege to have on the inside of us and to flow out of us, to flow through our hands. That Very anointing. The Bible says it destroys every yoke. It doesn't just bend it. It destroys it. It will annihilate it. There's no disease. There's no mental oppression that is too big for the anointing that we've been anointed with. We are the anointed ones. Hallelujah. Anointed with power from on high. And we are called and we are commissioned to be his ambassadors. Ambassadors on an assignment 
for our king, for the kingdom of God. We are the sent ones. Where are we sent? We're sent into this world. We're sent to hurting, dying, sighing humanity. And we're anointed and we're equipped to do it by the power of the Holy Spirit. The gospel that you and I have been privileged to hear is good news. I love the approach of our witnessing team. Every one of us are witnesses. There are people that especially go out on the streets. I think they probably still do it. One of the questions they ask everybody is, have you heard the good news? Have you heard the good news? Well, you know, just that in itself, that's a powerful question. Because the world is not just full of bad news, it's full of terrible news. You turn on the 6 o'clock news, I guarantee you 95.9% of it is bad news. Very seldom do you ever watch the news and there's anything good on there. So when you walk up to somebody and say, have you heard the good news? That's a good opening line. They're like, no, what? Something good happened today? I can't believe it. You got some good news for me? Yes. This gospel. Gospel. The very meaning of gospel is good news. If a person is not born again, they think that they're dying and going to hell. It's good news to find out you don't have to go to hell. If a person is bothered by depression and they're bound in their mind, it's good news to say, Jesus bore your mental torment. A person has sickness and disease in their body. It's good news for us to say, you know, Jesus not only died for your salvation, but at the same time that he took those stripes upon his back and that precious blood flowed out for our salvation, he also bore our sicknesses and diseases. Is that good news? Is it good news to tell somebody that hasn't been able to pay their rent? Maybe they're living on the street. They've lost their house. Is it good news to tell them? Jesus said he'd meet all your needs. Jesus said it is the father's good pleasure to prosper you. That is good news. Let me ask you a question. Which is better? Bad news or good news? It's not complicated. (laughs) The world is full of bad news, but the church, the body of Christ, should be a source of good news. Amen? Why? I have a question for you. What are you saying? What are you showing? How are you representing the gospel? Better question would be we, including myself. What are we saying? How are we living? 
How are we representing the gospel? That little saying that I learned in Sunday school is true. Our life is the Bible, is the only Bible that some people will ever read. The way we conduct ourselves, whether we're anxious and worried and full of fear, just like everybody else, it's a statement. If we who are of a different spirit, if we who live in a different kingdom represent our kingdom like we are called to, our lives will be a very witness. Romans 10, 14, first of all, in the New King James, it says, How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? How shall they believe in him in whom they have not heard? How shall they hear without a preacher? I saw this verse yesterday in the message. I thought it was interesting. But how can people call for help? How can people call for help if they don't know who to trust? And how can they know who to trust if they haven't heard of the one who can be trusted? Isn't that good? And how can they hear if nobody tells them? Another question for you. Y'all are good students, right? Can God be trusted? Can God be relied upon? Can he be depended upon? Then we should be those that say, you can trust him. How can people call for help if they don't know who to trust? People let people down. People disappoint people. People hurt people. We hear it all the time. I just can't trust them anymore. They hurt me. They disappointed me. I can't trust them. Well, you know, we we should be able to trust one another. I trust Pastor Mark, my husband, with all of my heart, I trust him. But even more than him, I trust God. As much as he loves me, there may be times that he disappoints me, but God will never disappoint. What? I didn't, I didn't, did I give any examples? And I said, maybe, perhaps when you've been married 35, 36 years, 36 years, there could be a time or two, right? Now you made me lose my train of thought. Don't be a crybaby. Don't be a whiny baby now. <laughs> if you sat on the platform, you're a prime target for an illustration. But people will disappoint us, but not Jesus. He can be depended upon. If we have trusted in him and we know that he's never, ever let us down, he's never failed us, he's never forsaken us, then we can boldly go and tell people, I know who you can trust. I know who loves you unconditionally. Many of you ever sang that song, Tis So Sweet. To trust in Jesus. 
just to rest. Let's see, just to see, to trust him. Take him at his word. Just to rest upon his promise. Just to know, thus saith the Lord. Jesus, Jesus. Come on, sing. I trust him. How I've proved him o'er and o'er. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus. Oh, for him to trust him more. Now, how about the tis so sweet? <laughs> okay. Very good. You guys get gold stars. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, there's that scripture that says, if anybody's merry, let him sing. But, you know, in this case, if anybody, if I'm merry, let them let sing. Them it's sing. much better. <laughs> I have appointed singers. In sports, they have designated runners and designated this. So I have designated singers. <laughs> Ten singers. But did you hear that? Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus. That just made my heart happy. It is sweet to trust in Jesus. My relationship with him, your relationship with him should be sweet. And when we're walking in that sweet fellowship with him, did you know that people will notice? People will notice if you have a smile on your face and they have a frown. People will notice if you're happy and they're sad. Sometimes you don't have to say a word. People will come to you. And I believe that's the day and hour that we are living in. That people want someone to trust. They want someone to satisfy that dissatisfaction on the inside of them. And when they ask you, you can say, I know who you can trust. And it's so sweet to trust in Jesus. Our lives ought to be like maybe some of your kids when they were smaller. When our boys were probably kindergarten, first grade, every Friday they had something called show and tell. Any of you ever do that or have your kids do that? They had to bring something special to school. They had to show it. And then they had to tell about it. That's how our Christian life ought to be. It ought to be a show. First of all, we show. We just show the love of God. Like we did yesterday, handing out those backpacks. We just show the love of God by being kind. There's a thought. What if Christians were just kind? What if Christians were just nice? show the love of God, then you're going to be asked to tell your story. Show and tell is how we ought to be living our lives. Now, the next verse here in Romans 10 and verse 15 in the message, and I know it's kind of all connected. Oh, no, they have it up there individually. 
And how is anyone going to tell them unless they know? That's why, okay. That's why scripture exclaims, I want, this is the part I want to see. A sight to take your breath away. Grand processions of people doing what? Telling what? Isn't that awesome? A sight to take your breath away. Wouldn't it be awesome if we just came together and just started? Oh, man, we just had so many wonderful testimonies. A grand procession of people coming up and telling all the good things that God did in their lives that week. A grand procession of people coming up and telling about how many people received Jesus this past week. That's what we're believing for. That's how the church ought to be living. That's what we are expecting. Amen. We are not part of the ones that all we do is mumble and grumble and complain and all like old hee-haw. If it weren't for bad luck, we wouldn't have any luck at all. Oh, terrible things. No. Woo. We're the called out ones. We're the anointed. We're the appointed for this hour. And we are equipped To be effective ambassadors in this day and in this hour. I got news for you. If you didn't have what it takes to live in 2013, you wouldn't be alive. But every one of you are still breathing. Some of you are asleep, but you're all breathing. So that means... God ordained. You're not an accident. God ordained that you would be alive in this day and in this hour. And that you would not be just barely going to make it through. But that you would be an ambassador. We are on king's business. That so went off on the inside of me when Tony and Alexandra were, were sharing. We may not do what they're doing, but we are all called to do something to impact and to influence the people in our sphere of influence. What a sight. It will take your breath away. A grand procession of people telling all the good things. Woo! That God has done. You know, you can't give what you don't have. You can't share what you haven't experienced. And that's why so many Christians are silent. If you're in here tonight and you're not born again, you don't have a story to tell. You can't sing, Tis So Sweet, to trust in Jesus. Not yet. But you will be able to before this service is over. But there's even Christians. They don't have a, they don't have a song. You cannot share what you haven't experienced. Being born again is not just fire insurance. It's not just a guarantee that we're not, that we're not going to go to hell. Thank God. I'm glad I'm not going to hell. Are you? I'm really happy about that. But that is just the entry level into our walk 
with him. We are called to grow and to develop and to make progress in the things of God. And the more that we find out about him, like the apostle Paul said, I press on to know him. You think he would have known some things. He wrote two thirds of the New Testament, but yet he said, it's my determined purpose to know him. When you know him, when you experience him for yourself, you got something to tell. You've got something to say. You'll be a part of that grand procession that's marching around saying, let me tell you something. Let me show you what the Lord hath done. Oh, look and see what the Lord has done. The Lord has been good, 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 good to me. Have any of you in here tasted? Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. When you've tasted of him, you want to share him. Pastor and I have been married for so long that if we go out to eat and he gets something and he's over there going, yum, 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 this is delicious. I hardly ever even ask, give me a taste of that. Because if he's bragging about how delicious it is, I want to taste when you brag about how delicious. Jesus is how sweet he is oh taste and see that the Lord is good people are going to reach over and want to bite give me some of that wow that looks delicious you look so happy you're so full of joy can I have a bite yes you can whosoever will amen, amen. hallelujah And even if you're going through a difficult situation, I know there's a press in the world. There is pressure and there is a press. And sometimes these things that we go through, they come to steal our joy. They come to rob us of that enthusiasm about serving the Lord. They come to silence you. One of the first things that happen when you're in your time of pressure or press is either people shut up or they start saying the wrong thing. They start talking the problem and they stop talking about how good God is. Regardless of what you're facing right now, you need to realize I still have a testimony. Hallelujah. I see the end from the beginning. Devil, I don't care what it looks like right now. He always causes me to triumph. Hallelujah. I am more than a conqueror. I'm going to speak and declare what I desire to happen. The end result. You know what the end result is? Victory. 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 Victory is our cry. So don't let the devil and don't let the circumstances that are pressing on you right now cause you to lose your shout, your song, 
your words of victory. Amen. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Be among those that continue to proclaim the Lord God is good. The Lord is worthy to be praised and I will forever exalt his name. Hallelujah. Let the Lord be magnified. Let the Lord be exalted on high. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory. We exalt you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, let's stand up and just rejoice. up because I'm not, you know, it doesn't make me any difference on whether I finish notes or not. So keep standing up because I've got one more scripture here. Listen to this. Okay, go ahead and sit down for a minute. One more scripture. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. (laughs) Woo! that there are people in here that you have been sowing. You've been sowing tears. You've been sowing prayers. You've been sowing confessions based upon the word of God. And as I was praying this afternoon, I was reminded of this wonderful scripture that I love over in Isaiah chapter nine, verse three. We saw this yesterday. We saw a harvest. This is our potential harvest. These people that come through our doors to be touched by the love of God. But there are people in here that it's been like a a long season. You have planted. You have sown seeds. But I want you to know right now. Woo! I love this verse. You have multiplied the nation and increased its joy. They rejoice before you according to the joy I thought I'd get a little help according to the joy the joy of harvest this is a definition of joy that I love now you can shout on this one this is one definition of of joy the inner passion excited by the expectation of of good. The inner, inner, inner on the inside. 
You know, happiness is great, but happiness is an emotion. And it shows up in our life when good things happen to us. And that's okay. But joy is a spiritual force. And joy will show up and rejoice regardless of what's going on on the outside. It may look like there ain't nothing to be happy about on the outside. But the joy of the Lord, that inner passion will show up. Passion. I love that. That inner passion. It's a force that comes from knowing him. And it will rise up on the inside of you. And it will begin to be excited by the expectation of something good. Something good. Something good is about to happen to me. That ought to be the way that we live. Devil, I don't care what you're throwing at me. I've got this inner passion. Woo! On the inside of me. And it is expecting. Not expecting something bad. Not expecting things to get worse. But I have a confident, favorable expectation. That good... Good, good is going to show up. And another key to you keeping that joy stirred up is you got to pray in the Holy Spirit. You got to speak the word of God, but you also, if you're filled with the Spirit, you need to pray in the Holy Spirit. Acts thirteen fifty two says that the disciples were filled with the Holy Spirit. And with joy, they are connected, being filled with the Holy Spirit and being filled with joy is a connection. I love this again. I got to read it. We, you have multiplied the nations and increased its joy. They rejoice. They what? They rejoice. Before you, according to the joy of harvest, as men rejoice when they divide the spoil. You may have been in a fierce battle, but when you have that inner passion that's expecting good, you know what? Guess what? You're going to win the spoil. The devil may have come and said, I'm going to steal this. I've got to take that. But when you rejoice, you're going to get the spoil. Hallelujah. (laughs) You're going to get more than there is to carry away. He's going to divide the spoil to you. Stand up. 
And if the enemy's come against you and he's tried to steal something out of your life, I want you as an act of faith, I want you to come down here right now. Oh, hallelujah. Whether it's health and healing, maybe it's an attack on a relationship. How about your finances? It doesn't matter what it is. Oh, we're going to go to the enemy's camp and we're going to take it back. Take it back. Hallelujah. We're going to take it back. It might be your joy that he's tried to steal. We're going to take it back. We're right now on the inside of us. We're going to get excited with that inner passion of joy because we are expecting. We are expecting. (laughs) We are expecting good. Tony and Alexandra, come on up here. Let's pray with these people. Let's do it all together now. In the name of Jesus, take it back. Let that joy be rekindled. <laughs> now everybody out there, you start rejoicing. This is a joy service. Woo!